Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, April 22nd. What's up, Al? What's going on? What's up? In today's episode, we are talking Terrence Ross comments. Dude is publicly coming out, letting it be known that he wants out of Orlando. We're also going to be breaking down and uh, hitting up the tankathon.com simulation. It's going to start bringing that up as we get closer and closer to the NBA draft lottery, breaking down Jabari Smith. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Team Max comments on uh, our Orlando Magic team. So that kind of cool with him talking about the Orlando Magic and, and kind of breaking down you know what he said before we get into that um a couple things that that we kind of uh got out in the air we saw markel Foltz training with a lethal shooter we weren't exactly sure exactly the timeline of when he was aware we don't know if it was in in the off season before this season we don't know if it was throughout the season we don't know if it was directly immediately after we really don't know the timeline but what are your thoughts on the fact that you have someone that is is considered one of the best shooting coaches out there right now working with Markel Fultz. And, and granted, this is a guy that has worked with has worked with Dwight Howard, Cole Anthony, Anthony Davis. Um, so he, he's someone that's really, really out there. But what are your thoughts on him working with Markel Fultz? I mean, I think it's something that we have all wanted to see happen. I know a lot of Magic fans have mentioned it to me. I have some friends of mine who are big time Magic fans. And they've always told me, like, this is the right coach for Markel. Like, how can we make that happen? And surprise, surprise, the season ends. Right the next day, we get that video uh, on Instagram, right from his uh, Instagram feed. And again, it kind of makes sense. That mid-range shot looked so good. Beautiful. You could tell that he had been spending a lot of time working on it. Now, to me personally, the biggest surprise was on the video, if you haven't seen it yet, you can go on YouTube go on our Twitter, Instagram feed, you can see it. But his three-point shot looked incredible when he was practicing with him. Unfortunately, when he played in the games, it didn't quite look like that. So that tells me that he's getting comfortable with his regular kind of motion and shooting a release from three-point shot. Um, but as of right now, we haven't seen it in a game. What did you think about that? Because to me, that was the one part of the video that I was like, whoa. If he can if he can shoot like that at the NBA level in the middle of a game, that's a game changer for us. I, I think it makes it hard because I, I really I really wish that we had the timestamp of when that video was was sent because when it was posted, he posted it as if, you know, kind of congratulating Markel Fultz in a sense and, and just giving a moment of appreciation for Markel Fultz at the end of the season. So we really don't know when um it happened. I'm a little confused, not necessarily confused, but when it comes to lethal shooter we really don't have any, any statistics like mm-hmm. what are the what are the facts like how well did this individual player start hitting his shots after he started working with lethal shooter this is someone that you know obviously maximized the capacity of being someone that has gone viral because you've seen the videos of this dude shooting on spiked hoops moving basketball hoops like just a whole bunch of crazy Things that you would never do in a basketball game, obviously, because it's is out there. But we really don't know how much of an effect that he really 
you know, does in, in helping these players become better shooters. But we know he can't shoot. We know he's he's legit. He was someone that um, has played professional basketball. I want to say that he had some type of tryout with the NBA, but never really fully made it to the league, something along those lines. But I wish that there was some type of data that we can go based off of. But um, I, I think the fact that, you know, Mark Hill is working with any shooting coach is is awesome because this is, you know, a, a shooting coach that's not affiliated with the Orlando Magic. So Mark Hill is going out of his way to make sure that that is, you know, an area that he's focusing on to try and get better. And if this dude lethal shooter is the best in the game and he's working with Mark Hill, you know, that's that's only it's only up from there. And, you know, it's, it's good news for us. A hundred percent. I think that that's all you can ask for. Um, unfortunately, we don't know. Like you said, we don't know when this took place. If I had to guess, hair looks a little shorter. He mentioned that he was recovering from his ACL. So we can kind of assume that it was throughout his recovery. It wasn't, you know, very, very recent. Um, but my hope is that he goes back this summer. He's finally fully healthy. The shoulder shouldn't be an issue. The knee shouldn't be an issue. Man, go out there and spend two months with this guy if you need to and get that shot down. Because again, what we saw from the mid-range and even the free throw line, we're forgetting about that. Markel Fultz could not shoot free throws when he was in Philadelphia a few years back. This dude shot over 80% this season. And last year he was in the high 70s. So again, the progression is there. We like what we're seeing. It just has to increase that motion, that 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 high release has to extend a few more feet. And again, he'll be a game changer for, for Markel. And mind you, we don't need him to shoot 40% from three-point range. All he needs to do is average, you know, 32 to 35% from three-point range. And you can't guard this dude because now he's, he can fly by you and finish inside. He can dunk on you and he can shoot it from three too. So if he can develop that over the summer or as, over the next couple of years, that was going to be massive, massive for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I think something that you have to at least give him credit for is that he has confidence in shooting it. He doesn't hesitate, you know, as much as you think he would. You know, he takes a shot. He's not afraid of it. Like certain players that we know that are out there in the NBA that don't want to take it. Like he at least, you know, goes out there and he shows that that's that is a part of his game. No matter how you're looking at his statistics, no matter, you know, how the shot actually looks like, you know, it's it's again, he acknowledges the fact that it's still an area that he needs to improve. And he's he went out there and he he at least tried to shoot it, go into oh, the yeah. offseason and keep working on it. Um, now, just taking a step back real quick, uh, the NBA playoffs is is definitely going on right now. And it's been it's been some really good basketball out there. Um, and right before we get into talking about Terrence Ross and his comments, what are some of the things that surprise you about the NBA playoffs right now? Three things for me. Uh, I'm going to start with our good friends up north, uh, the Toronto Raptors. Um, they're about to get swept. Um, I did not expect that. I understand the Barnes got hurt. They're going to blame it on that. They're going to say it's because they, they don't have their rookie of the year. I don't want to hear it. We beat the Milwaukee Bucks without J.I., without AG. I don't want to hear it. That's a, that's a lame excuse. We, remember, we, beat, we won that game with Gary Clark and James Ennis as our starting three and four. So stopping Giannis, not an excuse. My point is, man, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I expected better from the Raptors. I'm going to end it there. 3-0, that series. The next one, Celtics and Brooklyn. Did not expect that Celtics would be up 2-0. Um, I'm actually really, really excited about what I've seen from the Boston Celtics. That defense on KD has been on another level. Did not expect that one bit. Um, I think they'll bounce back a little bit, but if you ask me, I think the Celtics have shocked the world, and I think they might complete that, that, 
that series win. Um, and finally, my Golden State Warriors, man. Stephen Curry off the bench, uh, but they're just lighting it up right now. Uh, Jordan Poole has taken it to another level in, in the playoffs. He looks like Stephen Curry's son out there. Uh, it's incredible. How, how do you guard that team, you know, with, with Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, Clay, and Steph? Uh, that team has looked unbeatable right now. Um, you're seeing Phoenix kind of hurting a little bit. Booker's going to miss some weeks. Does that impact, you know, the race in the playoffs as, as we go along here? Um, remember, Chris Paul always gets, always gets hurt, it seems like, in the playoffs. So is he going to have to carry the load now and possibly put a toll on his body? He's getting older. So I think the Warriors have a really, really good chance here to advance. And uh, I'm hoping that's the case. Because, again, as you know, I'm, I'm a huge Curry fan. And without the Magic in the playoffs, that's what I'm rooting for. You know what surprised me the most? Um, just how much, and I guess this, you know, postseasons where it kind of reminded me how important these playing tournaments are, because it's no longer, you know, I got to make it into, to, to, you know, the eighth spot. It's really, you gotta, you gotta make it to the eighth spot. You gotta make sure that you stay in that eighth spot because you got Mm -hmm. teams nine to 10 that are hungry enough to where they can knock you out. You know, the Cavs were a team that, you know, we looked at this season as, man, they took a really big leap from where they were last season to now, you know, being in playoff contention. And they get into the play-in, and they completely let it slip out of their fingers. So us taking a look at kind of how the where the Orlando Magic are at right now, I see us making that big leap in, in where we can be comfortable. And although it has not been said um, by the front office, we're comfortable enough to say out loud that, hey, the play-in tournament is something that should be and will be a goal for for this team. But it's not enough. Like You have to actually go in there and and do damage and play hard. And and just making it to the seventh and eighth seed is not, is not enough to be in the playoffs. It's now the play-in is, is such a big deal that it's 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 tough for teams like the Hornets and the Cavs that you know play really good basketball and and just they couldn't they couldn't show up for that moment. Yeah, think about the Clippers too. Another team that I think everyone had on the radar. They played well all year, honestly, better than the Lakers throughout the whole season. And then last game of the season, the second playing game, Paul George out with COVID symptoms, whatever it may be, and now boom, they're out of the playoffs. So. It's funny because I like it and I dislike it. I like it, you know, because again, the competition that it adds, you're seeing the ratings in the NBA at all-time high right now. I think the playing has something to do with that. But my concern is if my team, like the Magic, let's say, we play so well next season and then we are six games ahead of the ninth seed or tenth seed, but all of a sudden, one of our players misses a week or two because of a sprained ankle, a key, a key oh, player. Takes- that's all it takes, man. So I feel like six months comes down to two games. It's kind of rough, you know? So I see it both ways. I like the competition. I like the energy that is added. But at the same time, I feel like it's unfair to some teams that have a huge gap between the 7th, 8th, and the ninth and 10th. And yet, you lose a couple games and you're out. But again, that's what competition is about. The NBA is trying to innovate and, and, and do things differently. Gotta gotta at least give props it, for that. It's fun. It's fun to watch. And if you're that team that barely makes it in and makes it to that tenth spot, and you got a chance to still make it into the playoffs, like that's, I I feel as if if something were to happen, and that's kind of where we land. The only you don't want to see the Orlando Magic as as the tenth seed. Not with this team that we know that we're going to end up having. Like mm-hmm. you don't want you don't want us to be in that position. 
So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that all plays out um, because, again, nobody is safe in that playing tournament. Nobody is safe. And I think that it's it's a it's a neat element to have because there there's so much like it almost feels like like March Madness for those playing tournaments because it's not then, a seven game series. It's it's really one and then you're moving on to the next, you know. And think about this too: a team like the Pelicans who struggled all year barely got in. They find a way to get in, and now they're one on one, one one with Phoenix. And again, like I said earlier, Booker's now hurt. So now it, it changes the whole dynamic of the series. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, we have a chance. So again, that's the fun part out of all of this is that those teams that you do not think to have a chance, all of a sudden have a chance. So it makes it fun to watch, for sure. And really big ups to the Pelicans because that addition of CJ McCollum, my goodness, it's a reminder Incredible. that you're, you're, you can have a team that can really feel like they're one piece away and can really change everything. It kind of kind of makes me think that what if the what if the magic would have made, you know, that move for a player like that with the Vooch, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon. Like what if they would have made a move to be able to kind of give them that that offensive support? Because that was always the issue. The issue was, you know, we couldn't find that one person outside of Nicola that can be consistent in being able to put and get us buckets. And Listen. just to kind of see how that you know, kind of change the, the the way that we now view the Pelicans, and that's without Zion, is crazy. That's been the issue with the Magic for, what, now, 12 years? So it feels like we just cannot get a scorer, and that's why we'll talk about it in the next few weeks. I, I know we don't want to throw the chips in the, in the middle just yet. We're kind of still building this thing, but at some point, you got to get a guy that can drop 25 a night, guaranteed every night, because, again, it changes the whole team. Look at the Pelicans. All of a sudden, a threat in the West. A few months ago, Nine game, ten game losing streaks. One guy can change everything. So, to your point, at some point we'll get there. Yeah. Speaking of offensive players, let's jump into Terrence Ross. So, Terrence Ross once out of Orlando. No, no surprise. We we all kind of knew that that was the case, but now it's public. It feels like my man's on a on a media tour to make sure, like, yo. Ja, it's enough. Enough is enough. Like, don't let it pass this season. I need you guys to move me. And it's it's strange to hear because you really don't hear this um, coming out of players out of the Orlando Magic. Like, the last time we really heard that was Aaron Gordon, but we already knew he was out the door. Mm -hmm. And then before that was, you know, Dwight Howard. But you really don't hear that. And what's what's interesting is that, you know, Terrence Ross is, has been saying it, and I'm, I'm going to quote him in just a moment um but he's not saying it in a bad way which at the very least we we can respect he's not saying that he's unhappy he's not saying that he hates it here he's not saying that we did him dirty he's not saying any of that he's just saying that it's, it's time to move on we're at that point so terrence ross was recently on the buckets podcast and he said the orlando speaking about the orlando magic they're in a rebuild and i'm kind of a past that stage if i was younger or on the contract before this one It'd be a different story, but I've kind of already done that. I'm 10 years in time is kind of going against me at this point, And I don't want to stay in another rebuild, but it's been great here. I've had fun. I've had my chance to be a part of something where it was me and a couple of other guys to take it as far as we could. We had some good runs. We had fun, but I'm ready to transition into something else. What are your thoughts on Terrence Ross's comments? Um, Surprising. You know, when that first trade deadline happened, Vooch, Gordon, Fournier getting traded, I forgot the gift that, that he, 
that he tweeted, but it was basically, uh, I, I survived. I, I didn't get traded. This straight deadline, I'm still here. He made kind of fun about the whole situation that he's, he was still in Orlando, which made me think as a fan that he doesn't want to leave. He wants to be in Orlando and, and he's kind of defied the odds. We all kept talking about it. People kept tagging him, saying goodbye to him. I was one of those. I tagged him and said, hey, man, thank you for all the memories. I really thought this trade deadline, he was done with Orlando. But to hear this come out, it's kind of strange because he's basically going back to the trade deadline when Vooch got traded and Gordon got traded and saying, I was next. They just didn't get to me. And then saying this trade deadline, I'm not sure why they didn't do it. I really thought they were going to. That didn't quite happen. And now basically saying it's over. I'm ready to transition to a different team. Not quite asking for a trade, but basically saying I'm done in Orlando. The fan in me will always be thankful to Terrence Ross. The guy gave us a lot of great memories, especially in 2019, that playoff run. The human torch was born and we'll always be thankful for those memories. But in reali being realistic, there's no minutes for him anymore in this team. The way that we're going forward, there's not a rotation spot that he'll be happy in. He wants to be a six man. I think, unfortunately, that role is going to go down to either Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs at some point next year. So it, it, he's got a transition. He, he sees the, the writing in the wall. So thankful, again, appreciative for what he's done for this franchise. He was a great vet. He never did voiced out his concerns about being uh, in, in, the magic un in a magic uniform. I kind of wish, though, he kept this to himself and waited until July. He's getting traded no matter what. I just don't like the fact that it's coming across like I'm, I'm out. And, it, and the media is being portrayed as Ross wants out of Orlando when that's not really the case, but it's being portrayed as that now. What are your thoughts? I mean, his defense, he I'm pretty sure that he thought that he was supposed to be out with oh, yeah. with the group and it didn't happen we kept him around he's an awesome vet played with us for six seasons he's at least the the shining spot that we got out of trading victor oladipo for serge Ibaka. still i still don't understand mm. why anyways you know terrence ross has 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 been such a big part of of what we tried to build He's played really good basketball with us and on a team that desperately, desperately needed shooting. You know, he kind of held that anchor for us. Um, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I really don't want anything in return for Terrence Ross. I want us to be able to take Terrence Ross, ask him, where is it that you see that you would like to play? Reach out to those teams to see what type of move you could possibly make to send him there. And I don't care about a return. What I care about is... When we were able to send him somewhere for a player that has done so well for us for a long time, he's a fan favorite. And two, you know, hoping that kind of builds really good reputation for the Orlando Magic and how we treat our players. I think that that's really important. And I think that, you know, that does go a long way. Um, it's a shame that we're at a point where we publicly have to say mm -hmm. that he's ready for something else. He's ready to move on. But I get it. The dude thought that he was going to be traded two, three times already. It has not happened. The uh, us talking about reality. Reality is the reason why we haven't traded him. I don't believe it's because we wanted to keep him to be the vets for the young guys. I believe that we expected a certain value for Terrence Ross, and we didn't get that value, so we're going to keep him. It was sure. it was um, reported by the Athletic 
that we were looking for a first-round pick for Terrence Ross. Even if it was a late first-round pick, we didn't get that. So we know that Terrence Ross were, were in conversations, there were talks, but you know it takes two to tango, and we did not get that return for Terrence Ross. So what do you do at this point? At this point, you keep trying. But question is, how long are we going to wait? Are we looking at Terrence Ross how far into the season? You know, there was moments in last season where in the beginning of the season, we're like, what's up with T. Ross? Why is he yep. Why is he not playing the same level of basketball? We understood the reasons why, but we weren't used to seeing that. So, you know, as 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 much as I wish this this wasn't like publicly out there and he and it kind of feels like it's now being campaigned from the podcast to the Orlando Sentinel. Um, it, it's a shame that it's gotten to that point, but I respect it. I respect the way that he's going about it. And I I think that there's no harm feelings either way. What's going on, Magic fans? The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay does not hit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the playing tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let me ask you this. You think we've seen the last of Terrence Ross in a magic uniform or do you yes. think this are- or do you think there's a chance that he no. starts the season and then gets traded? No. Nah. No. Nah, right? Why? I think this, this this pretty much settles it. But I, I think I think that that is that's a strategy. I think it's yeah. a strategy from his camp that all right, this this is it. And I get it, man. The dude's already in his early thirties. Like how much how much more? This is probably gonna be the last, you know, after this contract, it's his last real real big one. Yep. And he's a player that knows his role. He knows what he's he's good at. He knows he's going to shoot the ball. He knows he's going to come off the bench. He even said it. He's like, I want to come off the bench and get buckets. That's what he wants to do. That's what he's good at. It's called the human torch. Go in there, get hot, hit baskets. I wonder. I just wonder where he wants to go. Because, again, contenders-wise, there's, there's many out there, right? But I wonder where he wants to be. I think his I wife has said multiple I, I, times. Honestly, 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 I think he wants to go back to Toronto. I think so too. I, I don't think the family would mind that. Although his wife keeps talking about how she's enjoying the the warm weather and all these things, so I don't know. But it's going to be to, Toronto or one of the Laker, uh, one of the LA teams. Yeah, I could see the Clippers making a run. But like if I said, we, I just wouldn't expect as a Magic fans that are listening or watching us on YouTube, don't expect a big return for Terrence Ross. You, I think our front office you. will do the right thing. The only way I see us getting a solid return back is if we package T. Ross with those two second round picks that we have that are pretty 
good assets and maybe one of the young guys and make it kind of like a package deal for a vet or a younger guy that's disgruntled in their situation. But I don't think Terrence Ross by himself is going to get you a solid return at this point. I could be wrong. Maybe Boston comes around and says, hey, Neesmith's not doing anything for us. Take him. We're trying to win championships. I would love that, by the way. Yeah. The, <laughs> the only thing that I'm a little concerned about is the team definitely needs vets. Mm-hmm. And it's just really hard for me to envision what vets would fit best with this young core that's available. You and I, we were kind of looking at, you know, the free agency, this upcoming free agency class. It's not good. It's not good at all. It's not like there's no one jumping out of that page that you're saying, man, we really need this player on this team. It's going to really help this guy. It's none of that. Zero. So it's, it's, I can start seeing that it's more and more likely that, you know, the magic may pursue Gary Harris may give him another contract to try and convince him to say, if that's something that he wants, I can see that happening. Um, what I don't want is I don't want fillers. I felt like Robin Lopez was, was a filler. Each um, one more. Yeah. You, you take a look at like the Grizzlies, you know, Steven Adams is a perfect fit for that young team. Like you need to be able to have that, that type of blend. I'm not saying go out there and trade for Steven Adams. What I'm saying is, you know, a quality vet that can really, really do well for the young guys. Yeah. Terrence Ross, in my opinion, is someone that that could do that. Maybe not at that level, but someone that would bring positive impacts in the locker room and on the floor. But I understand the reasons. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with T. Ross. I think. Uh... If I was a betting man, I would say 60-40 right now in favor of Gary Harris coming back if T-Ross is gone. Now, we have way too many young guys, and they all need minutes. So if you bring back Harris, you pretty much got already the backcourt completed. Like you, you got Markel, Cole, Suggs, Gary Harris, Franz, Chuma. Like you have the backcourt kind of just filled already. So free agency, what do you do? Trades, what do you do? So it's kind of you have to consolidate. Again, we have, I love all the dudes that we have on our team, all of them, but all of them need minutes in order to progress and develop. So that's the issue that we're having right now. It's like, how do you bring a vet in without impacting the growth of a young player? It's hard because we have young guys at every position that need minutes and that have a bright future. It, it makes it really challenging. But I get what you're saying. Ideally, you bring a guy that's going to play and be, and be a part of the success or the failure of our team. And that vet, it, you know, is involved. He wants to win. He wants to compete. I think Gary Harris is that guy, but does he want to come back? I think by Ross saying these things, I got a feeling that maybe he already has been told what the future may be like. So we'll see what happens, but I think Gary Harris would be a great fit. Guy, by all we know in Denver, was beloved by his teammates, um, was a great guy when, when he was playing and healthy in Orlando. So some great things that we saw from him in his short stint with the Magic this past season. Let's see. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at all if we brought back Gary Harris. I know it's not splashy and people may not, you know, jump out of their seats for it, but he's someone that's already custom with the players. He's he's someone that, you know, can go on the court and be able to really play well because we saw in the beginning that he struggled, but then we started to see some really good basketball coming out of him. So we'll wait to see what ends up happening on that front. He is an unrestricted free agent, so he has that choice. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't want to stay with the Magic. At the same time, 
you know, this is an opportunity for him to be able to go out there and, and find a long-term contract and get paid out. So we'll see. Now, uh, kind of jumping into Tracy McGrady. So Tracy McGrady, we talked about this. Um, I want to say like, man, it must have been like five or six episodes ago, more or less. But Tracy McGrady is coming out with his professional one-on-one basketball league. Um, so he's going out and doing a little press tour with that. Um, and he has some things to say about the Orlando Magic Corps. He said, we got some great young pieces. Um, we got some great young pieces for us, man. It's just about being healthy. And when we are healthy, um, can they form great chemistry and bring it to the court? So I, I think that what I love most about Tracy McGrady's comments is that he says, we got some great young pieces. And he says, for us. So he really embodies the the claiming of Orlando Magic is my team. Granted, we do also give him a paycheck. Yep. <laughs> but what are your what are your thoughts on that? I, I want to know how much he's getting paid, just because I need T Mac more involved. It will be amazing for the fan base. It will be amazing for the young guys that looked up to him when they were kind of growing up and, and seeing his highlights. I mean, you gotta be excited, right? So T Mac is a guy that we know his influence. He was seen training a few years ago now with J.I. and how excited he was about that. So I think we just need to see more of T-Mac overall. Like you said, he is getting a paycheck by the Magic. Maybe they can increase that a little bit in order to see him more often around the team um, because it helps. When he talks in the media about the Magic in a positive way, it helps. So um, in my opinion, it's really really simple. It's good to see. I just want to see more of it. How about you? Yeah, I I would. I, I want him to work with Jonathan Isaac as much as possible can we can we duplicate what john what t mac has done into jonathan isaac that would be great jonathan isaac would have to also be healthy but it's definitely a step in the right direction um you're you're right i i wish that t mac was more involved um i look at players that i wish the magic kind of found a way to bring over players like daryl armstrong players like jameer nelson um, but I, I think that it's it's good to be able to have someone like T Mac that he's in the national media, ESPN, and and when he has opportunities to speak about the magic, <clears throat> for the most part, since he's been receiving a paycheck, you know, he says really nice things about us. And it doesn't happen too often in national media, so I will hundred percent take it. For sure. Like I said, we just need we just need more of it. Mm. Another thing too, I just thinking the other day, what would it take for the magic to just hire him to be like a Again, sideline, not a sideline, but like the pregame, the halftime shows. Give me T Mac. Like, I love Q Rich nah, and all he, that good stuff, he but won't, he won't do it. He's too big. He's too big time. Yeah, but I think if you give him the right amount of money, he'll do it, man. I, I just think we need more magic legends, but from recent memory, like, I, I, I don't want, again, Bo Outlaw, Nick Anderson, love him to death, but the younger generation has no affiliation to those, to, to those guys. Give me Jimmy or Nelson. Heck, JJ Reddick is too big now, but. That would have been a great get to get if you could have paid him uh, to do our, our media stuff. But again, the Magic don't don't make those flashy moves, man. We kind of keep it very low key. Yeah, we got Q Rich. His podcast is is killing it, that's for sure. But we can do better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna jump into our tankathon.com. If you haven't done this, it's definitely a lot of fun. This is where we end up doing the simulation to kind of see what our NBA draft lottery potential could be. Um, So we're going to try and do this every single episode because this at least gets us an idea 
of where we're at. And then we can probably keep a tally on it and kind of see, you know, what it looks like before the NBA lottery. Um, so let's let's take a spin and see if we uh, we get lucky. Go ahead, Al. Let's take a look. You ready for this? Not really. Before Not we really. start, what are, you, what are you predicting? What are you predicting? So the lowest we can drop is six. Yep. So I've always said it. I don't need number one. Just give me top three. Give me top three and I, I'll be happy. Let's hope for that. Let's do it. First edition of 2022. Let's do it. First one. And we dropped one. Third, we dropped one. So with the 2022 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select number three. It's not bad. I'll take three. But you know what's funny with this one? Charlotte jumped 12 spots. 12. My goodness. Indiana dropped, I mean, jumped to number two. So they, they jumped three spots. Orlando got three. Okay, C stayed at four. Houston dropped to five. Detroit dropped to six. So to those of you that are big time fans of the Magic tanking, these are the risks. This time it worked. But as you will see over the next four weeks, it can get scary. I know a few people on Twitter are doing this. Uh, Phil with Orlando Magic Daily is doing it. The Six Man Show is doing it daily, posting the, their, their recaps. And man, it's scary how many times I've seen six for the Orlando Magic. So in this scenario, let's assume Chet, I don't even know. Who do you think will be gone in this scenario? Um, Yeah, I, I, I don't see. Like, I, I know that there's so many different mock drafts out there and it seems like no one's on the same page it's, it's because nobody really knows you got people going jabari one you have jabari dropping i've seen as low as three so you really don't know how it's going to fall but i think that realistically we're looking at jabari one Paolo two and then we're looking at you know chet three but i've seen chet drop to six i think i it was fox news or fox yep. sports mock draft that had him dropping a six so you really you really nobody knows Nobody knows. And I think that teams really don't have a full understanding yet until you start bringing these guys in and, and working them out. Um, because I think that that's where you're really going to see, you know, how you feel about these players. Because it's not, it's not just about their workouts. They're, they're going in there. They're talking to them. They're checking out their mindset. You know, they're really getting a feel for these players. And I'm curious to see with Jabari, with Paolo, with um, Chet, how many workouts they really do because you normally have, you know, I would imagine Jabari will only work out with, you know, two teams max, maybe us and, and one other team when us in Houston, just to make sure he goes top. But you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where, where it goes. But I think for the most part, we're solid at those three. Yeah. The, the weird thing is what did the way that this simulation worked, Charlotte won. They've been needing a big time center for a while. So Chet makes sense for the Hornets, and you pair him up with Lamelo Ball. I mean, that would be ridiculous. That the hype around that team, Indiana, they're kind of rebuilding, kind of not. But I could see Jabari Smith fitting in perfectly next to Miles Turner. Now Orlando, in that scenario, in, in the way I'm playing it out here, Paulo would drop to the Magic. So you would have Paulo, Ivy, or any one of those other guys that are kind of five, six, seven, kind of available to you. So I think in that situation, you got to go Paulo, right? You got to go best player available. Have to go best player available. Have to. Right. Have to. So um, I think I, I was going to say in this simulation, that's the way I'm playing it out. I think Chet goes one, Jabari goes two, and then we will be kind of left off with Ivy, Paulo, 
Sharp, any of those guys. And I think, again, like you said, I think Paulo would be the one for us based on what I'm looking at. Yeah, I know that there's there's a lot of talks of, you know, there just being such a massive drop, you know, after the the top three, in my opinion, you know, this this whole season, and maybe not as dramatic, but this whole season of tanking goes out the window if we do not get into that top three. In the simulation that we just had, there were only two teams that, that rose above where their predictions were were supposed to be. That's what makes it, the lottery so difficult and so tough is that you really have no control. You can really fall. This could really be worst-case scenario for the Magic. This could be best-case scenario for the Magic. And I just feel over the years we've always been that one pick away. And I'm just hoping that the fan base gets something to, to really be excited about. And to be excited – you really want one of those top three. I think Badly. so, too. And I, I, I like what, the way you put it to me when we've talked uh, off the air. You said you've, you want the Magic to have a chance to pick their guy for once, not the leftovers. And I think if you pick three and below, at that point you're saying, okay, so Ivy jumped to two, let's say. Cool, but maybe we liked Ivy a lot. Now we don't have that chance. Or, hey, Sharp rose like crazy in, in the workouts and the interviews. And he's going number two. And we're like, man, like we would love that guy. He, there's a lot of people that compare him to Jalen Green. Imagine him in Orlando. But all of a sudden, he went number three. Now you can't get him if that's the guy you really wanted. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like I agree with you 100%. I want us to be able to say, hey, we made this pick. We had eight guys in for workouts heavily over three weeks. This is our guy. We're going to go with number one with him, no matter what happens. I mean, no matter if you're thinking that Paulo should be number one. But if you're thinking that Chet's your guy, which, by the way, Chet has been liking a lot of magic posts. We know his connection with Jalen Suggs. A lot of people are thinking already that that might be in the in the wall. That 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 pick might be coming to Orlando. But again, if that's the case, I want to have the Magic have that opportunity to say that's our guy. We're going to go with him. Close our door and move on. That's your guy going forward. Yeah, the Ringer were they were they were just recently talking about the Orlando Magic and they they made it clear that. Chet should be the guy that the Orlando Magic end up drafting. They even made the uh, the analogy that if the Orlando Magic were to create a NBA prospect in a lab, they would create Chet. Everything about him. So True. there's a lot of talks of Chet just being um, very similar to Franz Wagner and, and Scotty Barnes, players that were decent in college but end up being way better basketball players in the NBA professionally. Um, and they see Chet kind of having that same factor. Um, there's also talks about, you know, Jabari Smith, maybe not really being that number one guy They might just be more of a, a supporting cast a number two guy. Um, and I feel like the Orlando magic need to have that one guy Like we need that number one. And I feel like we have players that could be that, but if you have an opportunity to be able to draft that, that's why as of right now, I am leaning towards Paolo because I feel like he could be that guy. Out of out of the top three of Chet, Paolo, and Jabari, I feel like Jabari would have the highest floor. Like out of the three, I think no matter what, if all three of them were their worst, I think Jabari would be the best worst out of the three. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like it would be Paolo, Chet, and then Jabari when we're talking about ceiling, like yep. the highest. And I feel like... That's that's just kind of the feeling that I have right now, but again, the more scouting reports that that I read, the more 
highlight videotapes that I watch, I'm so easily convinced. You can ask me the same question next week, and my response will be completely different. Um, and that's why, again, we need to be able to have one of those top three. And you made a you made a good point. Um, the Orlando Magic do, and when I say you made a good point, you made a good point about talking about my point. Yeah, <laughs> but for for once, yes, just to reiterate it, the Orlando Magic need to be put in a position where they are able to draft their guy. I feel like Jalen Suggs was not that. I feel Franz Wagner was that. We drafted him a lot higher mm-hmm. than people expected him to be. If the Orlando Magic ended up drafting Shaden Sharp with a number one pick, I wouldn't be upset. I'd be confused. I wouldn't be upset. And I wouldn't be upset because something happened that they made the decision that this is going to be the guy that they wanted. I agree. If that exact same thing happened with Ivy, I wouldn't be upset. I'd accept it because something happened that they decided that that's our guy. We made the decision. We picked him at the spot that we want him to pick because we know that he's going to do this for us. And that's all that I hope for. And I hope that, you know, we we get lucky enough to where we're able to make that type of decision. You find out on the NBA lottery. Yeah, coming soon. We got, what, three-ish more weeks? So we're getting closer. Um, but again, 100% agree with you. But it's funny you mentioned you, you saying that in every episode coming up, you may change your mind. I think if you're watching or listening to us and you played the last few episodes, you've said you like Paulo, you like Jabari, you like I'm all, <laughs> bro, I'm all over the place. I'm all, and if you are not all over the place and you're not doing enough research. But you know what? That kind of scares me. Because if the Magic get the first pick and they draft <laughs> X player, you're going to have a room half of booze, half of excitement, because we are all, honestly, and me and you have been texting offline, and we'll be like, hey, I really like this kid. And the next day I'm like, wait, but I really like this kid. So it, it's one of those things where I don't know where to go. Now, I will tell you, and this may sound weird to you, if Sharp is who he is supposed to be, and he really is comparable to a guy like Jalen Green, and he proves that in the workouts, in his interviews, I feel like he's the best fit to the current roster that we have. So if you really are thinking that you know that J.I. really is healthy and that Wendell is that guy and that Mobamba's coming back, it's tough to bring another forward into the equation. So he fits what we got going on. But like you said, best player available, if you go to the workouts and you say, hey, man, Chet is unbelievable. Or hey, Paulo, it's ridiculous. We got to go with this guy. Then you got to make moves. You cannot just add a rookie, number one pick or number two pick, and then say, hey, you're backing up, J.I. You're backing up, Wendell. Because it doesn't, doesn't look right for the fan base, for the player himself. So that's where I'm kind of confused. And again, our fan base as a whole, you go on Twitter, and it's so many mixed reactions. Team Paulo, Team Chat, Team Jabari. Nobody, nobody's agreeing with nobody. It is and so, that's, the issue, it is with, so that's the issue with this draft. It's a this draft is a clear cut. You don't have a Zion. You don't have a LeBron. You don't have a Anthony Davis. It's There's really... Five guys that you can name that you don't know who's going to be the best one of those five. And that's kind of scary because if you do get that number one pick, you may have missed because the fourth guy became the best player of the whole draft. But again, I'm trusting the front office. They've proven they can draft pretty well. It's just a matter of hopefully we don't drop. We want to have the say. I mean, if if you're comparing to this past NBA draft that we just had, you know, a lot of people weren't saying that this was the greatest NBA draft class that we've had in a long while. And you were able to get some really high quality players from that draft. You're you're looking at, 
you know, five, six players that were really, really great quality basketball players. And you're right. If you're if you're the number one pick, you you have so much room for error, so much room for error. Um, and unfortunately, we are not in a position where we can we can afford making those errors. <clears throat> I think for the Magic, what makes it hard, especially if you're if you're passionate about the team, is that you're you're still rooting for the guys that you have. You're still rooting for Cole Anthony to pan out, Cole, uh, Jalen Suggs, even R.J. Hampton. Uh, no matter your feelings about Mo Bamba, you're still rooting for him. You're you're hoping that they're able to to you know meet. Uh, the expectations that we set for these guys. And it makes it hard because you know that this draft makes it challenging for them to do it to, to the point, And we've discussed this. The team eventually is going to have to make decision on some of these guys. And what makes it hard is that your top three picks, the projection, Paolo, Jabari, Chet, you know, that, it, what if what if Jonathan Isaac comes back healthy and we never see this man injured again? What about Wendell Carter? Dude mm-hmm. came out of Chicago, injured all the time, new beginning, played his ass off for the Orlando Magic, and you're someone that you really see, you know, being an anchor for this team in the future. You don't want to take anything away from him either. At the same time, the Magic cannot afford to not obtain as much valuable assets as possible. It's just I know it's going to be really difficult, and thank God I'm not part of that front office because they're going to have to make decisions. I'm just happy I'm not the one making them. Yeah, I think the way to best look at it, as you're saying these things, is playing in my head. We are in a situation where we're collecting assets right now. But do know at some point we're going to have to cash in. And Jeff Waldman said yep. that recently in his, his only interview that he did after the season saying, we're not quite ready to cash in yet. We haven't done that yet. But we do have plenty of young guys, cap space, future draft picks. At some point, it's going to happen, right? You're kind of just waiting for the right opportunity. And again, you can't play 13 young guys. It just nope. can't happen. So at some point, you have to make that move. But I don't think it happens this offseason. But we are getting closer to seeing how that will play out. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at realistically... We know that Jabari is who people are really seeing and what we've seen most common as the potential number one pick. If you were to say, if you were put in a, in a graph chart, we will say that Jabari would win that poll, right? From what you've seen, what is it that you would say people like the most about a player like Jabari? So for me personally, based on my research, my videos that I've watched, Number one thing that impressed me was his own head coach, Bruce Pearl, saying that he's the best player he's ever coached. And this is a guy that has coached many, many years in college. Number two, that fits the magic mold, his defense. He's known for bringing energy every night. He competes, flies around the floor, fights through screens, and rotates to help in the paint. Who does that remind you of? When you hear those words in the defensive end, who does that remind you of from our current roster? From our current run, Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac reminds me of Jalen Suggs, reminds me of Franz Wagner. So from a defensive standpoint, which is what we are, always have been a defensive first team, this dude seems like he would fit right in. On-ball defense, he has shown flashes to lock down potential opponents. So defensively, he fits the mold. And then the most important part to me, the best shooter out of the top three, four picks in the draft. 
He shot 43.6% in college last season and also has an NBA body NBA body that it's ready today to go into the court and make an impact. 6'10", 210 pounds. This is not Jonathan Isaac, a kid that came in super skinny. This kid can hang with some small forwards and some of the power forwards in today's NBA. Um, so I think those to me are the pros. Um, the only con that I've seen, he cannot create his shot, not quite yet, and his dribble it's not all the way there. It's not tight enough to be, you know, a guy that can you, you can isolate and say, hey, give me a bucket. Not quite there. So today, like if he plays with the Magic come October, I can see him being a 3 and D guy right away. A guy that you can kind of just isolate Markel, put him in the corner, and he'll find him right away for a quick three-point shot. Um, or if he picks up the, the Franz Wagner game, he can just be cutting along with, with Franz all day long for easy layups and dunks. So I think he's a guy that fits this team today based on the mold that we have, the build that we're doing. He seems to me like a guy that mostly would love to coach and to throw out there right away and to say, hey, go out there and help us win games. So that's what I've seen from him. How about you? Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at a guy that you said it, six foot ten, two hundred and twenty pounds, dude has a seven foot one wingspan. He's big, he's long, plays a little stiff. Um, areas of opportunity for this kid is someone that you know didn't really impress anyone with his rebounding ability. Um, they say that it's a lot due to the fact that he was playing with an elite big man, so that had something to do with it. But he's he's lethal with the catch and shoot. He made over 79 three-pointers last season alone um, in his freshman year, so he's someone that can really do damage uh, from behind the arc. They even say that he's the best three-point shooter in any position. So if you're a big man, you know, it can really, really do that well. And that that's one of the attributes that can really transition into the NBA. Um, it's something that's going to really help you out with. Um, they say that, uh, I think the ringer was the one that said it, but, you know, he has shades of of an offensive, uh, a two-way Richard Lewis that can really, really play good basketball on the offensive end and defensive end. Um, a taller, um, who was it that say? Michael Porter Jr., a taller mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes. Um, so it, it's, it's someone that, you know, for a fact, and granted it's a top lottery pick. So you kind of have to say this, but it's someone that you can implement right now and is going to play and impact the game and play really good basketball. And I think that at the very least, you're getting a very high, good character kid. That's going to want to work hard. Um, and someone that's going to gel with the team that you already have, not saying that, you know, Chet and, and Paolo can't, but between the three of them. I still have concern, and I'm going to say this. Every single opportunity that I have, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm still concerned with Paulo sweating. That's not going away. I'm concerned with Chet's size. That's not going away. Um, so if if rebounding is really my biggest concern with Jabari, then I'm not too worried about it um, because, that's that's again, that's that's effort. That's something that we'll, we'll, we'll see a lot more of. A lot of that could be contributed to the fact that, you know, he played far away from the basket, you know? So that that could be a reason why, you know, the rebounds didn't jump out of the stats or or the blocking didn't jump out of the stats. Um, I think that if you're fortunate enough to draft Jabari, then you're in good shape. We just need one of those top three. I'll take any one of those three. Um, But if you're able to get Jabari, you know, I I could easily convince. If right now the Orlando Magic drafted Jabari as much as I do want Paolo in his sweat, then, (laughs) then I will watch as many highlights go back and watch as many games and convince myself that we were the steal of the draft. Can't really oh. be the steal of the draft number one, but you get my point. we got the best player. That's right. <laughs> one more thing I'll say about Jabari Smith too. I like the fact that his dad was an NBA player. 
so he grew up around the game. So, you know, the NBA game won't be, you know, the, the bright lights and, and he's not ready for what may be coming. Um, and number two, I think he can play the three at the NBA level. This kid, based on what I've seen in college, he moves really well and he can hang with some of the quicker guys out there. So where we're not taking we're not taking we're not taking that away from Franz. No, 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 no. It, that, that's my point. Where I'm getting at, there might be times when you can play this lineup: Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, Jabari Smith, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter. Is that our death lineup? That's the that's the complete opposite of what the Warriors do, right? They go small and they go shooters. We're gonna throw at you five dudes that can guard anybody, and they have the size to guard anybody. So. Remember, we saw a lot of France at the point guard, a lot of France playing the two late in the season. Don't be surprised. The Magic, are, they're messing around with some things because, again, if J.I. comes back healthy, he won't be a four full-time. There's just no way. Like, Chuma needs to play some minutes. Wendell may play, may play some four. So J.I. may play five and four at some times. He might get creative with that. But my point is Jabari is the only guy out of those three, the top three guys, that could slide down to the three and survive in the NBA. And he can shoot well enough to handle it. So again, you may even throw out there a crazier lineup. Mo Bamba if he stays, J.I., Jabari Smith, Franz, and either Suggs or Markel. So I think that could be a death lineup for sure in today's NBA. We will find out soon enough. We got the NBA lottery coming out on May 17th. So that's coming right around the corner. NBA draft on June 23rd. And their free agency should start June uh, 30th, July 1st, around there. Um, the NBA lottery, we are going to be going to a six-man show there. They're throwing a little um, a lottery party over in downtown at uh, – what's the place called? Harry Buffalo. Harry Buffalo's. Yeah, how do I not remember that? Harry Buffalo. So we're definitely going to be out there. So make sure that you go check that out um, and, and have a good time with us, man. So it's going to be fun. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, on that note, man, it's a wrap. That's it. Episode flew by. Till next week, we catch up. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.